0: From my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon To Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Torrey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soon To Be Esquire, the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am, of course, excited about this episode of the podcast. Um, Once again, this season is definitely about highlighting and reflecting back on our legal journey so far. And so, so far, I've been wanting to have different people come onto the podcast and share their legal journey. share you know how they got here, but truly to just celebrate them, um, how far they've come and kind of get an insight on to where they're going and how their experience has been so far. So, Of course, I'm definitely excited about this episode of the podcast. We have an amazing guest with us today. We have Chelsea Roby with us today, Um, an amazing, amazing student of also at Loyola Law. She will be graduating this spring with her Juris Doctor degree, um, doing amazing things. Um, Chelsea, please remind me, are you staying in Louisiana or are you going to go to a different state um, to sit for the bar?
1: I am staying in Louisiana.
0: Amazing. I mean, first of all, staying <laughs> practicing in Louisiana, should, you should be awarded like double time because <laughs> I mean, you know, Louisiana is the only state that is civil and it's so whew, passing this far and just getting a hold of the type of law that's here because it's so particular. I mean, congrats to you already for even starting the process. But I mean, the legal community here is truly amazing and I think pretty supportive. But anyways, I am excited to get into this interview. Chelsea, say hey to the people. We're happy to have you.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm uh, super happy to be here on the podcast. I am also a fan of the podcast. So uh, this is exciting.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. So today, y'all, we are going to talk about Chelsea's journey. We are going to get into how did you, you know, prepare for law school? What has your legal journey been so far? But I'm really interested in some of the challenges that you've dealt with through law school. But first, I would love to know, of course, what is your why? Why are you pursuing this journey, you know? What is it about becoming an attorney that you're so fascinated with? <laughs> uh,
1: what is my why? Um, <laughs> I feel like my, my why has evolved over time. It, mm. it, it's changed. Um, initially I came to law school because I wanted to be a public interest lawyer. I wanted to work in the social justice and criminal justice fields. I was a criminology and social justice major in undergrad. So It was kind of the logical why I wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I've kind of not really strayed away from wanting to do public interest work. But while it's still a passion of mine, it's not something that I think I'll be doing full time once I graduate. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my why has sort of changed and evolved into more of a desire to just generally want to help people and also, I guess, have some sort of purpose and you know, I enjoy the intellectual challenge and just learning new things. And I feel like with the law, you're constantly learning.
0: Constantly.
1: No, that's so
0: incredibly true. I don't think I realize, I think most of us don't realize the vast (laughs) areas and subjects that is the law. And coming into law school, usually I think, I always thought of two things. I always thought, okay, you know, you're going to get into public interest, civil rights, or you're going to be like some type of business, corporate type of lawyer. And I basically just thought it was those two things. When I was applying to law school, I mean, I, I knew, you know, maybe there were some other areas, but I thought everything could just be separated into into those two fields. And I mean, wow, there's, there's so, and I, I know there's so many areas of law that I don't even know about yet. Um, but it's really amazing because, like you said, it continues to evolve and it's constantly changing. Um, it, it's wild. And sometimes I will say "I my 1L year, I was kind of overwhelmed by the different types of law that, you know, one could pursue. And I think my 2L year when I was trying to finally maybe this is what I'm interested in and figure out different electives that I wanted to take that could kind of help me with that. I definitely felt overwhelmed. Did you ever feel that way when you were deciding, okay, I think this is an area I'm interested in? Are you
1: maybe definitely. even currently feeling like that? Definitely. Um, Getting into law school and kind of, as you were saying, realizing that there is so much more besides, you know, criminal, criminal law, and then I guess, sort of the business civil litigation side of it. Like there's so many sectors that you could even begin to like look at, let alone specialize in. And, you know, I recently, I guess sort of through the process have realized that I am very interested at the intersection of law and technology Mm -hmm. and intellectual property law. And I, I, I guess I'm sort of still figuring out what to do with that new uh, realization because it it changes your plan entirely once you realize (laughs) what I came here is not what I think I want to do anymore. Right, right.
0: I'm curious if you ever felt, did you ever feel a sense, and I hate using this word, word, but guilt, because when I came into law school, I'm like, okay, yeah, public interest, you know, civil rights, that's it. That's what I'm interested in. And after, it was really after my first semester, really, when I realized that wasn't for me, even with the foundational classes, just because the one professor I had for criminal law, he was so amazing, but his specialty was in intellectual property. And then having conversations with him about that um, kind of just opened up a whole new world for me. And also my contracts professor, having conversations with him about employment law, I'm like, oh my gosh, these two fields are so amazing. Absolutely. And then after, you know, my one L year, I was just like, oh, I feel guilty of not pursuing this just because I know there's already um not so many attorneys who are devoted towards public interest entirely. And I thought, you know, that's what it was going to be. Did you have some type of feeling like that? A sense of guilt in a way?
1: Yeah, sorta of, sort of a guilt. Um especially because I feel like my reasons initially Um, aside from realizing that there's this other area that I'm super, super interested in that I hadn't even considered. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I guess I sort of um, lost my train of thought there. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but no, the feeling of grief, right? Um, Mm, That's a good word. It definitely was, it was definitely, or not
0: no, grief is, no, not even,
1: not even guilt, I guess grief
0: is a really guilt, good
1: word. Grief from like, I guess, you see how you think your life's going to turn out in mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. years when you've kind of committed yourself to something like that. And then a big part of my realization, aside from just realizing that there were these other areas of the law that I really loved, was yeah. how um, economically.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm
1: unattainable seemingly at least right out of law school being full-time public interest civil rights work really is kind of sort of unattainable unless you you know can or in a position in your life to where you can make that sacrifice right and a lot of people always aren't necessarily there Mm -hmm. and so that in particular really kind of made me feel a little bit guilty yeah about it because um yeah, know, like I felt like I was changing my mind for not, you know, great reasons, but, you know, I don't know. It was just sort of beyond that, I guess. Yeah. It's definitely like an individual
0: choice and you kind of have to decide, okay, this is what works for me. And that's that, you know, you, and I think honestly, it's for whatever choice, you know, We make it's like okay. I know at the end of the day, this is going to be better for me, for myself, and my happiness in the long run. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I kind of want to back up a bit. I would love to talk about pre-law school. Um, what was it like? Um, preparing for law school, but honestly, even before that, your undergraduate experience prior to that, growing (laughs) up, uh. I would love to know a lot more about your background.
1: Okay. Well, I I guess it makes the most sense to go all the way back and then come forward (laughs) to today, Um, logically for me, at least. Mm -hmm. So growing up, um, I I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, sort of in like the Jackson metropolitan area, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I went to high school in Clinton, but um, it's just a little bit outside the city. And, um, I ended up moving around high schools a couple times, but, um, pretty much just raised in that general area. And, um, my grandparents were a really big part of my life growing up. They practically raised me. I consider them to be like my parents now. Um, and then just, you know, growing up in the South as a member of the LGBT community has, Mm -hmm. uh. Its issues as well, so right, it, it was a, a tumultuous time in my life, but um, undergrad definitely brought on some better experiences. I had a pretty untraditional undergrad experience, I would say. Oh, interesting, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my wife and I got married in uh, 2016, so right in the middle of undergrad. Oh, wow! And I well. I went to a uh, community college first. So it was like right in that transition between commu- okay, and community college okay. and going to university. Mm-hmm. And so that posed some challenges as well, because I really wanted to go to, um, I, I went to Delta State University. It's um, mm-hmm. a, a rural college about two hours north of Jackson. And um, yeah, so, well. Wow. It was just a very uh, crazy period of time because most people, you know, once you go from community college to undergrad, or if you start an undergrad, there's that whole experience of living on your own and living on campus and uh, Mm -hmm. being part of uh, friend groups and clubs and sports and things like that on campus. And um, I, I really didn't have that opportunity necessarily, which you know, I'm totally okay with because I feel like, you know, it kind of has helped shape me in a different way as a person. I do. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have experienced some things that I didn't get to experience. But overall, like, it just was not the usual undergraduate experience. Like, mm-hmm. I, I lived in Jackson still the entire time I had classes. For the most part, only two days a week. I had scheduled all my classes where they were two days a week. So I would drive up to Delta State and back two hours each way, two days a week um, to do all of my classes for almost all of the two years. And then uh, one of those semesters, I ended up actually moving on to campus because um, it just became too infeasible. I had classes on for all four days. So driving that much was just not even possible. And then, you know, that's kind of hard. I know, you know, I believe that um, your significant other is also, y'all are long distance right now. Oh,
0: goodness. yes. Yeah, so so much going.
1: <laughs> that was a learning curve. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. So it was just, it was a very, I think, different experience than a lot of people do get to have, especially mm-hmm. because I went straight through high school. Um, community college undergrad and then now law school yeah. So
0: <laughs> right no stopping on the brakes you were like okay but you know what that shows that you were extremely dedicated to your education t- towards your future I mean two hours each way four hours a day four hours now a day. <laughs> listen there was there would definitely be some days at least for me that I would just be like you know what Uh, I'm sorry I'm not going to this
1: class I would be
0: maxing out all of my absences yeah Um, towards the last
1: semester that definitely got hard
0: (laughs) oh my goodness two hours a day but yeah that really shows how dedicated you are Uh, I'm curious about your preparation for law school. Was there a program that you were a part of that helped you at all? What um, Did you have any mentors from your undergraduate experience that helped you in this process?
1: Well, um, yes and no, not exactly. There was no sort of, I didn't so much really know at the time that I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. Um. It was one of those things growing up, you know, you're a kid, and it's like, oh, it's one of those things, you know, I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up, or I'm going to be a doctor, but, you know, as you go through life, you know, you kind of start thinking about other things that seem like more realistic, I guess, if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. uh, coming from my background, at least, and, wow, I mean, so this sounds really crazy to say, but... I really did not prepare at all, uh, really, for law school. I, um, but it all was kind of a last-minute decision. Like I think I, it was really two professors that steered me in this direction. I had um, one professor who um, her name is Professor Stewart. She told me, you know, and it it had never even occurred to me that being a lawyer was something that I could do. That I was. Mm-hmm not intelligent or not capable enough to do, but it just didn't really seem like one of the things that were in the cards for me. Mm -hmm. And we sat down one day and she had told me that she really wanted me to participate. And she's a chair member of the Mississippi Political Science Association Conference. And she really wanted me to participate in it. And as we were talking about it, She was like, she asked me, she was like, have you thought about what you're going to do after you graduate, May? And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) And uh, she said, well, if you hadn't considered it, I think you should give some thought to law school.
0: Mm. And
1: at first I kind of brushed it off and I was like, yeah, maybe. okay." well, she also she apparently also confided in another professor of mine who was um, a Fulbright scholar. She was a temporary professor from Poland who uh, was an attorney and uh, she confided in her that she told me that she thought that I should go to law school. And then she pulled me aside one day and basically said the same thing and told me that if I had any questions or anything about it, that she'd be you know, more than happy to help me if I needed letters of recommendation, whatever, if I decided to go through with it. So I gave it some thought and I talked to my wife, talked to my friends, talked to my family and I was just like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. By this time, it's probably the November before we probably would have gone to law school. So like November 2018. So I signed up to take the LSAT and I'm sh- we'll see how this goes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that didn't give me very much time to study for it. And ultimately, I ended up not uh, studying for it. Um there were just a lot of things going on in my personal life at the time. Yeah. And it just it kind of slipped through the cracks. But the day came and I was like, Well, I paid this money to take this test. I'm gonna go do it and uh we'll see how this works out. And I went in and I took it and obviously um it turned out all right. <laughs> and uh so yeah, that was the LSAT pretty much in a nutshell. Um, aside from that, you know, it just I guess from there, moved on to uh, filling out applications and trying to decide where I would want to go, where I didn't want to go, and what was feasible. Um, I realized pretty early on that I absolutely did not want to apply to any law schools in Mississippi. I wanted to take it as an opportunity to get. initially my goal was as far away from Mississippi as possible. (laughs) Um, three, three hours away. don't really meet that mark, but, um, it, I'm so happy that I did make this decision because, you know, the decision to look out of state and then also the final decision on New Orleans, because I've realized Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is really the place for me. Um, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's amazing that you were able to, you know, find your place and also find a community um, within Loyola, but also New Orleans. Um, it's so incredibly important while in law school, but also, you know, throughout your career, because then that becomes your network and uh, everything else in your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am curious, so you know now moving on into law school, could you tell us a bit about your first year i mean let's let's get into it. You can break it up between um your first semester and then going into your um second semester, but I would love to know um what was this transition like for you?
1: um the transition was Absolutely insane. (laughs) Um, Just like, not just with starting law school, but also there's moving to New Orleans. Um, I had, you know, pets and furniture that had to go in storage units. And so there was all very crazy. I ended up moving a lot of it on my own because my wife was working out of town at the time. Um, So I was very stressed with that. And then starting law school, um, I felt nervous, but also really excited. Um, Excited to be around, you know, other intellectual minds, people that, you know, I felt like I could learn a lot from as well as develop good relationships with um, through time. But um, no, I mean, it just, the first semester was, I guess, a mix of emotions. It was. There were times where I felt, you know, what am I doing here? Um, do I belong here? Like all the typical uh, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome uh, type emotions. And then there were also those really great moments when I finally found a study group and a group of friends that I worked really well with. And um, we'd started getting together and talking through the material, and it made it so much more digestible and just that moment I don't know when you kind of realize it clicks and you've kind of found your group you found your people and it just makes I guess it's like a sense of camaraderie like the you know like we're in it together sort of thing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but um yeah so I don't know the first semester was um I had to really learn how to study, I guess, was really the thing that killed me the first semester is I realized that I had no idea how to study. I didn't know what an outline was. I didn't know. um, I think you were in my torts class. Like, um, Professor Woods was always hammering (laughs) on about the importance of words and why you have to say it this way. And I'm like, okay, why does this matter though? (laughs) You know, why can't I say it this way? And I don't know, just all, I guess learning the language of the law and adjusting to all the ways that law school is different than any other educational program that I've had up to this point. Um, And yeah, so I feel like there was just some shock. Um, And then I feel like you know, once we'd finally all gotten comfortable, uh, we kind of knew the routine. We knew how to do law school. The pandemic hit, and we went online. <laughs> so then I feel like, for me, I went through the whole learning curve again, okay? How do I adjust to doing classes online? How do I right. stay focused? Um, working from home, you know, turning my guest bedroom into an office and... <laughs> You know, all the experiences that I know everybody kind of had to deal with at that time that just were exhausting. Um, yeah, feeling discouraged and isolated, you know, by the by, second year when we've been online for like a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know, just how hard that was on everybody socially and mentally. Right. And I don't know. I feel like our class has really been through a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with oh my. the pandemic um with as everybody has it's been mm-hmm. a whole school mm-hmm. but then also you know um, this past august we had the opportunity to go back and uh right. hurricane ida swiftly Ugh. hits and knocks that out for a month <laughs> right so i don't know i i think the 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 central theme of our law school has had whole career has had to be adaptability because I feel like from day one we've been adapting to the life in law school and then every point after that it's adapting to a new challenge that we've had um on top of being in law school right
0: no I definitely see it I mean I think especially the city has oh my goodness there's so much endurance that um The New Orleans community has, you know, obviously from Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Ida, um, all the different challenges that the city has seen. I mean, especially the pandemic, you know, since this is a tourist city, you know, it definitely affected the economy substantially, but. Oh my goodness, the law schools, uh, just, I even think adapting to just being back in person as well. Yes, Um, absolutely. That was a challenge. It is still
1: a challenge. It is still a challenge.
0: (laughs) 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 And kind of figuring out, like, in a way, last semester, I was like, is this 1L year all over again? But my 1L year, I mean... It was enjoyable to an extent that we were in person, we had each other, we did, we had so many fun things going on outside of school and classes, but um, trying to get back to that really this semester, I've been so more intentional about, oh, right, okay, I don't just have to text people, I can also hang out with them in person sometimes, and carving out time in my calendar even though it's pretty open. Um but being more intentional about my time and trying to put people back into my life because for almost two years it's there's it's been empty. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's been, been it's weird. been isolating.
0: Yeah, weird. Hey, Very yeah. weird. Isolating, exactly. I'm curious, um what have been some of the challenges that you've experienced while in law school, um, particularly as a um, LGBT plus um, law student, you know, the law legal field, it's definitely, it's predominantly white and male based uh, and conservative. How have you yeah. navigated <laughs> some of these challenges that you've faced so far?
1: Well, you know, I will say that the Loyola community has been really great. Yeah. Uh, none of the challenges I've really encountered with that have had really anything at all <laughs> to do with my the the law school in general or mm-hmm. my fellow students or anything like that. Um I the only the thing that really um I guess has been hard or difficult um, challenging with that and with my identity is um, I dress pretty masculine or andro- androgynous, I guess could also be a good word for it. And um, so it's kind of hard to know, like on a less, you know, important scale, things like, okay. Well, what does appro What does appropriate professional attire look like, mm-hmm. and um, things like that? And then also, I um, had sort of, we'll say, an issue with a um, a previous employer, um, mm-hmm. and basically, I j- there were some comments said about um, my appearance, and you know, oh wow. Why does she have to dress like that? Why is her hair cut short? Why can't she grow it out? Or wear her makeup? Serious? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I guess I it kind of put me at this kind of point at conf, point of conflict where I didn't really know if I should like aside from any should i tell somebody that this happened like mm-hmm. what should i do about this in this moment also the implications of it going forward like right even though you know the law is very um white and male dominated um you know like it's just it hadn't occurred to me i guess that it might it, it the way that I appear could potentially affect me professionally, hmm. and um, so it kind of made me feel like I was at a crossroads. Where mm-hmm. okay, so um, do I do I let this go? Do I you know say all right and uh, compromise? I guess my comfort and uh, you know give in and wear more feminine clothes or grow my hair out or whatever or Do I keep being the person that I am and appearing the way that I do and just accepting that I will end up wherever I'm supposed to end up? And, you know, you don't want to work for somebody anyway that is not going to pay attention to the work that you're producing and rather focus on things that are sort of trivial. Right. So. Yeah, I would that say is, that that is the the real soul and biggest issue that I had. Mm-hmm. That's quite difficult to navigate
0: because I can see so many people saying, oh, well, I would have done this. I would do this. If I was in that situation, this is what I would do. Exactly. But, <laughs> um, you know, being in, a, I, I already know myself just being so concerned about getting the job, getting an opportunity because that's what's been drilled in my head since the beginning of law school. They're like, oh, this opportunity can lead to something else, to another open door. Oh, don't, if they say this, don't disregard it. It doesn't mean anything because guess what? You can get the job in the end. And so honestly, I probably would have, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll uh, wear a skirt or something, blah, blah, <laughs> yeah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Or like, just, you never know when you're in that situation. You can always say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I would do before. But it's so different when you're in that actual, when you're actually there. And sometimes even <laughs> when you're in a situation like that, um, you you can just stand there and just be so shocked where you don't even have an answer to come up with, where it's just like, okay, I right. I don't really necessarily feel comfortable enough to respond and be like, no, or yes. I'm just going to not even answer or address it and continue about my day.
1: Mm -hmm. until
0: this whole thing is over um wow
1: right but no like I feel like you said it really well also the intense desire and need to Mm -hmm. find a job and create a network really does kind of impact the decision that you may go make going forward and um you know it required a lot of reflection uh for me to come to the decision that I personally don't care because you know I would rather work for an employer that values me for mm-hmm. me and the work product that I can produce.
0: Right. So, right. And I think it will, it takes especially law student because there's a sense of a su- superiority, you know,
1: mm-hmm. Definitely. And
0: especially when you're working for a firm or an organization that's clearly set up as, okay, this is your supervisor. Oh, this is the partner. This is the person you're going to be checking in with all the time. And I know I would not feel comfortable until like recently, until now to say something or even do something purposefully. Uh So like this past summer, I was so worried about wearing my natural hair or wearing a certain dress or something like that. And I was just like, okay, whatever, I'm going to wear braids during this time, I'm going to wear curly hair during this time, I'm going X, Y, and Z. And I did those things purposefully because I needed to see the reaction. Mm -hmm. If I were to potentially work here in the future, you have to be comfortable with your employer. And I don't think that's something you can typically law students develop until pretty later on, you know, where they're able to kind of step out and be like okay yeah I'm sorry I'm not comfortable with this I'm gonna just have to be me here you know
1: yeah no I totally agree
0: um I would love to know um what are some of the lessons that you have learned so far
1: throughout your
0: law school experience
1: some of the lessons I've learned so far um okay I would say my biggest lesson that I've learned let me think of how can I articulate this? Well, um, I guess it would sort of be to not count yourself out or count any practice area or interest out just because Mm -hmm. you think that you wouldn't like it or you think you don't be good at it. You wouldn't be good at it. Or, you know, you don't have the skills to accomplish it. Um, like for me, two different instances, really like I remember signing up my for classes, you know, first semester, you get your class schedule. Okay, this sounds cool. Um, okay, well, contracts sounds boring. Uh, this sounds boring. <laughs> and then I get in these classes and then specifically contracts. Like, wow, mm-hmm. I really thought this was going to be real boring, but it ended up being my favorite class. And so, I don't know, I think it's really important to not let your... I guess, ideas towards certain things, judge your decision to try them and give them your fullest effort and try to enjoy it. Um, And then also, I guess, another example would be um, I'm part of the Technology and Legal Innovation Clinic. And um, what we do, basically, is we are learning how to code. Um, oh wow, <laughs> which is not something I <laughs> ever really could see myself doing. Like I never showed myself in any kind of tech position or anything mm-hmm. like that. And throughout that, and um, you know, I took computer law and intellectual property law, and um, now I'm taking a seminar that talks about the intersection of law and technology. And I've just realized that I really love that stuff and I'd really love learning, you know to code even though I haven't learned anything you know uh super awesome yet um (laughs) what I have learned is really fun and I I don't know I just really enjoy it and I didn't expect that I would that's amazing
0: I love that you're able to find joy in your work and um hopefully you'll be able to do that in the future as well because you would I would Oh, my goodness. It's, it would be terrible to do something every day that you dread and that you hate, but you have found something that you can pursue and actually find joy in it, which is incredibly important. Lastly, I would love to know, um, what are you most looking forward to with the remainder of your law school experience?
1: Um. May 13th when we get to walk across the stage. (laughs) Um, Uh, well, yeah, that for sure. Definitely (laughs) that. Um, but also, um, I guess I would also go back to saying, um, the technology and legal innovation clinic, just because I really am enjoying that so much, even though we've only learned a few basic things. Um, I'm really excited to see, um, what I'll be able to do with this new skill at the end of the program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's, that really is incredible that you all are coding. I mean, I don't think I would even consider law and coding to somehow relate, but of course it does. Um, <laughs> everything does somehow. Right. Every, everything does somehow. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for um, sharing your experiences, your honesty, um, and your truth with everyone listening and tuning into the podcast today. Thank you so much for allowing me to ask you these questions. I am extremely excited for everyone to tune into this episode and really learn from your experiences and your entire journey from where you started to where you are now, um, and where you're going to go. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. Okay. Y'all thank you for tuning in to another episode of soon to be Esquire. Be sure to check out our Instagram page, um, at soon to be Esquire for more details about the podcast. Um, And that is it. I will tune back and check back with y'all in another two weeks. Have a good one.